entire chapter of Proverbs chapter 4. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of, his mo of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as a shining light, that shineth more and more under the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as a is as darkness, they know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For their life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward, froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, that all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity that is ours to be assembled here tonight. Thank you for your word and the, and the privilege we have to open to study it. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and just challenge us as fathers and as young people to hear the instruction of a father. So just give us wisdom, understanding that wisdom is the principal thing. Help us to seek it. So Lord, Lord just, just have your will and way. May you be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There are many studies and statistics done and about the well-being of children depends much upon a right relationship with parents particularly fathers. Um, <clears throat> somebody says the father's role is the single most contributing factor of the well-being of children. And um, there are, of course, many statistics that, you know, can be found on the Internet. Um, you know, 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes, five times the average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anchor problems come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from 
fatherless homes. Uh, you know, children with fathers who are involved are 40% less likely to repeat a grade in school. Children with fathers who are involved are 70% less likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. Uh, children with fathers who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. 75% uh, <clears throat> of all adolescent patients are in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 85% uh, of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. So we can see that um, the father's role is a very high contributing factor to the well-being of children. And it's interesting that God himself calls himself Father. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 9, he says, Call no man on earth your father. One is your father, and your father which is in heaven. Now, he's not saying there that Mandy, you shouldn't call your father father. But you know, we have religions today that call their priests or their preachers father. That's an insult to God. He says, call no man on earth your father. So don't call somebody else your father who's not your father. You know, because that's, that's a name that's alone given for God. Uh, and so the role of a father is very important in the life of their children. And I want you to see six things from this passage of Scripture tonight that, that, uh, that uh, uh, Solomon gives us that he got from his father. Uh, first of all, fathers are to teach or instruct their children to learn the word of God, verse, verse 1 through 4. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and tend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. You know, he said that you know, my father instructed me to keep the commandments. Keep his commandments. You know, we fathers need to instruct and teach our children to learn the word of God. You know, Isaiah 38.19 says, The father to the children shall make known thy truth. Father to the children. Uh, you know, we fathers, sometimes you know, we can get busy and we don't think about what our children are reading. We need to ask them from time to time. Are you reading your Bible? Okay. What are you reading? What are you reading? You many times we, we and, and there's nothing wrong with this. We, we fathers or husbands dele, delegate things to our wives to do in the home. But, but ultimately, it's our responsibility to teach our children these things. And we need to know whether they're learning. When I was uh, in Texas years ago at a uh, teacher training seminar for AC schools, supervisor training, Doug Hammett was there. He's actually he was a pastor up in Pennsylvania for years. He's now a missionary. He was there, and, and, and they were talking. I can't remember what the context was, but, but he, he made this statement. 
you get what you inspect, not what you expect. In other words, you, need, you do need to expect things, but you really get what you inspect. In other words, what you check into. Just, just, it isn't enough just to tell your children, you know, you ought to be doing this. You ought to be inspecting whether they are. Checking up. Uh, yeah, we are dealing with children with a fallen nature like us, you know. Uh, you know, somebody says uh, uh, they ought to read a proverb a day. And of course, and we ought to have family devotions, teaching our children the things concerning the Word of God and the understanding concerning the Word of God. So, we need to instruct them to learn the Word of God. Secondly, to make wisdom life's highest goal. Notice verse 5 through 9 says, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline the word from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. So we are to make wisdom the principal thing. You know, we need to challenge our children, our young people, to seek wisdom. Now, wisdom is not knowledge. It's not the same. Knowledge is knowing facts. Okay, you can know a lot of facts. I mean, you can know all the facts. You know, Andrew, you can know all the facts about how to put a a, a, a 350 Chevy engine together, but it's another thing to do it. Another thing to do it. I can have all the tools to do that. That don't mean I can do it. You know, wisdom comes by listening and by observing. And I've often said that I believe that wisdom, you know, of course, wisdom comes from God ultimately, but wisdom is passed on to us by others. Not only, you know, through the Word of God, others giving us the Word of God. You know, we need, we need human instruments. God uses human instruments, just like he did with, with the, uh, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, to instruct him and to help him to understand what God was saying in his Word. Remember Philip said to him, Understandest what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? But we need to, we need to seek wisdom. Make it the highest goal. The word principle there means chief or highest in rank. In chapter 3, uh, verse uh, 14, or verse uh, 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding he hath established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. 
so shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, shall thou, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Your Solomon, when he was a young man, became king. The Lord asked him, what do you want? Basically. Ask what I shall give thee. And he said, give me wisdom and understanding heart. And that wisdom and that understanding heart gave to Solomon all the other things he had. You see, those were the fruits of his wisdom. That he, he didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for fame. He didn't ask for, for the necks of his enemies or for a long and healthy life. But God gave him all those things because he asked for wisdom. And wisdom brings all those. Proverbs chapter 8. <clears throat> you know, and wisdom's easy to get. It really is. Proverbs 8.1 says, Doth not wisdom cry? Understanding put forth her voice. She standeth in the top of the high places by way, by the way in the places of the pass. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be of an understanding. You see, it's easy to attain if you just have ears to hear and hearts to obey. You know, made this statement, you know, D.C. is full of dipsticks. But if you go to D.C. and look at all the sayings, just look at the sayings on the buildings. If you have any wisdom, if you have an open mind, I mean not a, a liberal open mind that doesn't think, but a logical thinking open mind, you have to come to the conclusion that the, that the founders believed in God and the law of God. Because there's inscriptions all over the buildings to that effect. And that our government was based upon those things. You know, there it is. The wisdom crying out. And all those people. I mean, even if you go to, uh, I was reading here, this is a couple years ago, I saw, uh, you know, Harvard today. Harvard University, which where Hillary Clinton went. Harvard today is a cesspool of liberalism. They're all God-haters. You know, they're all you know, these liberal, environmentalist-type wackos. But if, again, they ought to, what they ought to do is, is take, take all the inscriptions off the building because the inscriptions don't fit what's being taught there now. Because Harvard was started as a college to train men for the ministry. And there it is. Again, crying from the high places of the city. You know, the children of Israel, you know, wisdom is personified as a person here in the book of Proverbs uh, in chapter 8. 
is personified as a person. And, and chapter 8 goes on and talks about when he established the class. And it's re- re- reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in and, 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 uh, 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 1 Corinthians 1.30 talks about that he, he has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You know, and the children of Israel had this, had wisdom walking in their midst. Teaching and instructing them and they did not hear it. Because they didn't have ears to hear and hearts to obey. You see, we need to make wisdom life's highest goal. Seek wisdom. It's better than gold. It's better than silver. It, it, it teaches us prudence. Um, it's better than rubies. Uh, where am I? Chapter 3, again. Uh, lost my place. More precious than rubies. Uh, not to be compared to gold or silver. So it is to be the principal thing. So seek wisdom. Thirdly, we must instruct our children to practice godly living. Notice chapter 4 again, verse 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, Thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Now, you remember that Joshua 1 8, it's a familiar verse, says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So, <clears throat> you know, we need to instruct our children. To practice godly living. First uh, Timothy four twelve, First Timothy four twelve tells us, "Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity." Now, as we think about godly living, you know to practice godly living. Your know, honesty, wholesome speech. You know, we live in a, in a world that their speech is terrible. It's gutter language. You know, I'm, I'm still old-fashioned. When I text, I type. When I text, I spell my words out. I don't like this. Abbreviation and changing words. You know, I, I'm so old-fashioned. I get irritated when songwriters change the words in songs and modernize them. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. No, they changed it to here I raise my sign of victory because most people don't know what the Ebenezer means. It's a rock of help. God is our rock of help. But, but uh, you know, Speech today, we need to we need to have godly speech. Ephesians four twenty one says, "Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers." 
So we need to teach our young people, our children, to practice godly living. And it says here that when thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. If you practice godly living, your life will not be straightened. Now that's an old word. It means restricted or hindered. Restrained. You see, ungodly living will give you a guilty conscience and make you fearful. It'll make you fearful. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Why does the wicked flee when no man pursueth? Because he's got a guilty conscience. So he lives in constant fear of being caught or found out. So if we live in sin, if, if, if we forsake the right ways of living, we will be, our ways will be straightened. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. <clears throat> I made reference to this a couple weeks ago about uh, Ben Carson making the statement when he was, when they were, um, in the primary still about, he wasn't afraid about, you know, the media, um, you know, how they investigate your whole life and try and find all kinds of dirt on you. And he said, I wouldn't, I'm not afraid. I don't have any skeletons in my closet. See, wicked living puts skeletons in your closet. You're afraid people will find out. Uh, Ephesians 5, verse 10 says, Proving what is acceptable in the Lord, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatsoever doeth, uh, what doth, whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, Redeeming in time because the days are evil. So, so we need to practice, teach our children to practice God living, to observe, to do the will of God. That their lives would not be straightened, hindered in their service for the Lord. I remember Evangelist telling one time about, he was talking about living in fear about this uh, uh, guy who was driving down the road, and all of a sudden he drove down a farm lane and, and, and jumped out of the car and took off because he saw a policeman coming the other way. When they investigated, they found out the car was stolen. Why don't thieves steal in the day? Well, they are some now, but but they don't steal when they when people are watching. Why not? Because they're afraid to be and find out. No, if you do what is right, you're not afraid to be found out. You don't live in fear. Your life isn't restricted or hindered. So we need to teach our children, instruct our children to practice godly living. We need to also instruct them to avoid evil companions. Notice verse fourteen through seventeen. Enter not in the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine 
of violence. So we need to teach them to avoid evil friends or evil companions. You know, the greatest, one of the greatest dangers to young people is friends. It's friends. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have any friends. But it's a whole lot better not to have friends than have bad friends. Friends are, can be a great danger to us. Uh, Proverbs has a lot to say about it. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk probably for innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as grave and whole as those that go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purpose. My son, walk now not thou in the way with them, refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. So stay away from people that are greedy of gain. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. <clears throat> Verse 7. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. You want to be one among the wicked? Verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness. But the expectation of the wicked shall perish. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inherit the earth. Proverbs 13. Verse 9. The light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Verse 20. He that walketh with wise men, I'm sorry, let's, let's read verse 19 20. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to the fools depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. I heard about it, read about a man, his name was Harold Morris, and he hung out with two thieves. And the two thieves committed a robbery, and killed somebody. And he was the driver of the car. And he was arrested and tried, and he was convicted of murder because the two thieves testified against him. You see, we need to avoid evil companions. 1 Corinthians 15.33, evil communications corrupt good manners. The old saying is you get like those you hang around. And so we must we must instruct our children to avoid evil companions. Uh, look also at chapter 24. Chapter 24. Verse 20. For there shall no be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given to change. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? These things also 
belong to the wise, it is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. Uh, and then Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25, uh, again, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. See, evil companions, young people, will be a snare to your soul. You know what a snare is? Ryan can tell us what a snare is. I remember we were in Maine years ago on deputation. And there was a man in the church who was legally blind. And he was a trapper. Now, I, I had to wonder myself, how can you be legally blind and a trapper? But he was. Anyway, he asked me, he said, uh, would you want to go out and trap line with me tomorrow? I said, yeah, I would. So we got on a couple of snowmobiles, and he had uh, uh, you know, dog sleds tied to these things. And we got out in the woods, and he, had, and he, he trapped uh, uh, beaver and otter, coyote and fox, and, and he used snares. And, and, and we'd go to a place, and he'd say, there's a snare right here somewhere. And he'd be looking around. You know, he, he could see real up close. But he, he and, and, and there was an, an older fellow went with him. He said, he said, it's, it's hard to believe. It's hard to imagine. But he seems to have a photographic memory. He knows where they are, even though he can't see them until he gets real close. But he knows they're here. But, you know, and so he had these snares hanging out on a trail. And when that animal went through it, you know, it was like a loop. When the animal went through it, that snare would draw tight. And the more it pulled, the tighter it got. course, you know, choked it to death. See, evil companions can be a snare to your soul. So we need to avoid evil companions. Fifthly, to pursue spiritual growth. Proverbs 4 again, verse 18. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend. That means to give attention to my words. Incline thine ear. That means bend your ear to hear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So we need to teach our children to pursue spiritual growth. To grow in their Christian life. You know, Peter said in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says when we, need to, we need to seek it. In other words, we need to go after it. We need to pursue it. You know, like a hunter that goes into the woods pursuing a, a big buck or an elk or, 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 or a turkey. or You know, he's, he, he's, he's prepared himself. He's practiced. Uh, you know, he wants to make sure he can shoot straight. If you're a turkey hunter, you know, you've you either you know, tried to perfect a mouth collar or scratch around one of those things to, you know, so you don't sound like a squawking crow when you get in there trying to call a turkey. What's all that take? Time and effort. It takes time and effort. First Timothy 4, 7 tells us that we need to exercise thyself rather unto godliness or godlikeness. 
exercise. Oh, yeah. Exercise. What's it mean to exercise? To exercise takes effort. We have to put forth some effort. And we are to exercise ourselves. And so we need to teach our young people, our children, to exercise and to pursue spiritual growth. And notice it says here, but the path of the just, speaking about a, a, a godly man, is as a shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. In other words, my understanding of God's word and of humanity should be growing. Should be growing. You know, I understand more about the word of God than I did 10 years ago. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And as I understand more of God's word, that also, what also goes along with that is understanding of mankind. Gives you understanding into, the, into, the, into, the, into man and his needs. You see, we ought to be growing. Uh, Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we ought to be seeking to grow in our walk with the Lord. Teach our children to, to grow in their walk with the Lord. To exercise themselves unto godliness. And then number six. To exercise themselves in self-discipline. Notice verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee the froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Now this is talking about discipline. Now we often call it self-discipline. Or self-denial. It's really being yielded to the Spirit of God as a child of God. But, but disciplining ourselves. And, and we need to, to teach our children temperance. That's a good Bible word we don't hear much about. But when Paul was speaking to Agrippa, I think it was, he preached of righteousness, judgment, and temperance. It really has to do with discipline, self-discipline. And, and he points out several things here. Watch your tongue. Control your tongue. You know, James tells us if you can control your tongue, you can control the whole body. You know, what gets me in trouble more than anything else is my mouth. And it may be not what I say. It may be, it may just be how I say it. You know, James tells us to er let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Well, he said you have two ears and one mouth for one reason. You ought to listen twice as much as you talk, at least. Uh, so we need to control our tongue. Think about what you say before you say it. Be careful what you say. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give the count thereof in the day of judgment, Matthew 12, 36 tells us. Colossians 4, 6, let thy speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. 
So watch your tongue. Uh, Proverbs 6, <clears throat> you know, many of the sins that are listed in the Bible uh, have to do with the tongue. A proud look, a lying tongue. One of, the, one of the seven things that are abomination unto the Lord. A lying tongue. Uh, verse 19, again, a false witness that speaketh discord, speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brothers. Both sins of the tongue. Um, chapter 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. That's, the froward has the idea of willfully stubborn. And I guess we, you say when he talks about a froward mouth, you say somebody that just wants to argue. Their point. So we need to, we need to, to learn to discipline our mouth, our lips. Secondly, our eyes. Let the eyes, verse 25, look right on, and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. There's a relationship between thy ways be established and your eyes. And your eyes. What led the man to the harlot's house in chapter, I think it's chapter 9, chapter 7? What led the man to the harlot's house? It's his eyes. You see. Uh, Job said this, I have made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? You know, we didn't have singular vision. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. The light, verse 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So we need to have a single eye. We need to be focused on the Lord and on what is right. So we need to guard our eyes. Uh, we need to be careful where we go. Verse 26, Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. We need to be careful where we go. We have to, we need to restrict ourselves, not only in the, our companions, but the places we would go that could lead us into trouble or put us in the way of danger. You know, I've heard preachers say they take their young people to the beach to pass out tracts. Now, my question is, what in the world for? I mean, there's people all over the place. Why do you need to go to the beach to give them tracks? Are you not putting a stumbling block right before their eyes? 
self-discipline, being careful or disciplining ourselves concerning food. We go to go to Proverbs twenty-three. Proverbs twenty-three. Proverbs twenty-three has much to say about eating. Verse one: When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. And put a knife to thy throat, that thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of us dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Labor not to be rich, rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Verse 6, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire his dainty meats. For as he thinketh his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten, shalt thou vomit up, and lose thy sweet words. Drop down to verse 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall close a man with rags. Uh, In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 20, speaking about a rebellious son, Proverbs, or Deuteronomy 21, 20, and I thought this was kind of interesting, uh, speaking about a rebellious son, you know, the, the, a rebellious son, the parents were supposed to bring that rebellious son before the, the children of Israel and stone him with stones. And it says this, And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. There's a relationship between rebellion and gluttony and drunkenness. In fact, that was characteristic of Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And the Bible says he restrained them not. Of course, Jesus had something to say about this also in the New Testament, Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21 and verse 34. And he said, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. So that day come upon you unawares. See, we need to teach our children there are things more important to you for your life than food and drink. That's the will of God. That's what Job said. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now, I understand we males in particular can get irritable if we're hungry. But there are things more important than the food we eat. And that is being faithful to the Lord, to the word of the Lord. And being able to serve him and not be restricted or hindered. Because of our lack of self-control. So fathers, fathers are to be faithful to instruct their children. You know, young people need to be faithful to hear and heed. You know, one of the things, phrases that Jesus said on several occasions, he said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And speaking of the Pharisees, he said their ears are dull, and they do not hear. Do you have ears to hear tonight? 
have you heeded the instruction of your father? Fathers, are we being faithful to instruct our children that their ways would be not hindered?